0: Uh, good morning. Today's DAF and Bubba Kama is Mem Vav. Uh, we thank uh, Zimmerman for sponsorship of the DAF. DAF is Learn <coughs> Lezecher Nishmas, Fega Bas, Hi. Moshe, Moshe HaKoin. Shamashahav and We are going to be starting with a Mishnah on Mem Hei Ahmed Beis. Karshara Lov bin Rav, and now Bafanav Kara Yatsavi Hizik Echatam Echat Muad, Chayav Diver Ebi Okay. So uh, we are learning about now levels of shmirah. We have cited this Mishnah already numerous times here in this Masechta, and in today's daf we're actually going to be seeing the Mishnah firsthand, up close. And that is how much shmirah is required on an animal. Okay, so uh, we've been using this terminology already a number of times over the course of this Masechta, but with not real clarity in terms of what it means. There's what's called Shmira pchusa, baseline shmirah, and Shmira maula, and superior shmirah. So uh, good. So the, uh, there's uh, terminology, and it's, uh, the uh, and uh, what's behind the terminology? Meaning, what exactly does that look like, and when is it going to be required? Okay. In other words, as we're going to see, it's a machlokis time three-way machlokis time between Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Meir, and Rabbi Eliezer. We're going to go through all three shitas, and the uh, and, and, and how much shmir is required which means the following. In other words, we get before we get to how much is required, which means the following, is that once we establish how much is required, so if you do the required amount, so you're good. You're good and you're going to be, uh, you'll be exempted from any kind of liability because you did the requisite amount of Shmira. On the other hand, if there's a certain amount that's required and you did below the requirement, you're a That means that you were negligent and therefore you're going to be chayev. So the, uh, the amount of Shmira is going to be Totally tied into whether or not you're going to be liable. Or you're not going to be liable. The Mishnah starts off with uh, what you did is you tied up your animal. Bimoseira, okay, some sort of leash, some sort of collar. of karay, or uh, what you did is is that you penned it up. You you, you put a fence around the animal, but it's a very basic, right? It could withstand a normal wind. So according to Shitas Rav Meir, so that's insufficient. In other words, even though you you put a leash around the animal, even though you put a pen around the animal, uh, but over there what you did is basic, and what is required is not basic, but rather superior. You have to go with not with a standard shmirah but you have to go with an exceptional shmirah a shemira Mu'lah According to Rameir, and according to Rameir, doesn't matter whether the animal is a tam or whether a muad, the amount of shmirah required is always going to be shmirah Muulah, and the uh, and as a result of that, doing basic Shmirah is. Insufficient, and therefore you're going to be held liable. Good. Shita is the easiest of the three Shitas to remember because it's very simple and standard. And it's always going to be the case that Shmir that's required is going to be Shmir Me'ula. On the other hand, Rabbi Yud Amr Tam Ba'alav So the, uh, the, uh, according to Rabbi Yehuda, if it's a Tam it requires shmir meula, and if it's a mord, it requires shmir Okay, now of the things that are going to be difficult to understand in our Masechta, this is up there, uh, up there in terms of one of the more challenging positions in in Babakama, and that is, is that Rabbi Yehuda's position is is that when it comes to a Tam animal, meaning it's a domicile animal, it's it's you know it's it's, it's not it's it it does it, it doesn't attack, and meanwhile, how much shmir do you need for that? Shmir Muula, you need the exceptional Shmira. Uh, but once it's a Mu'ad, uh, so now you're, the, the base uh, the baseline comes down in terms of how much Shmir is required. You know how much Shmir is required, just basic Shmira. Uh, it, it, even though the animal now has a track record of, of going and attacking and, 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 and harming or even killing other animals or people. Okay, I have to admit, it's going to be hard to explain. Okay, In fact, the Gemara is going to do its normal we're going to have drashas, we're going to have uh, the psukim the circums- uh, speak to this idea, but in terms of just trying to explain it rationally, it's going to be a challenge. Okay, it's good, it's good. Maybe that's why. okay. could be. It could be. It, whatever. I. It certainly. It's. It's. It requires consideration. And but uh, okay, it's. It's going to be a challenge. So the. Uh, so who's that? Okay. And, and the Mishnah already alludes to the Pasuk. But when we get to the Gemara, we're going to do this a little bit better in terms of understanding how we extract from the Pasuk this sheet of Rabbi, of Rabbi Yehuda. And finally, there's the third sheet here in the Mishnah, Rabbi Lazar Amir, Ein lo Shmir el Asakin. Right? When the animal becomes a Muad. So do you know how to do proper Shmir? It's very simple. Take out a knife and shech it. That's how you're going to do proper Shmirah. Okay, <laughs> meaning, meaning, right? We already, again, all these positions we've, we've covered before in the Masechta, but here's the Mishnah, right? It's yesterday's Daphneim, hey? The Mishnah of how much Shmirah is required. And Rabbi Elazar's position, that's easy to explain. Meaning, when the animals are Tom, so whatever, you you, you have to do some amount of Shmirah, right? A little bit unclear according to Rabbi Eliezer, how much is required by Tom. You require baseline, you require exceptional Shmirah, whatever the case is. But once the animal now has a track record and has and, and it has now assaulted three different occasions, at that point in time, what are you supposed to do? Oh, don't worry, I'm I'm going to really protect it. No, but Leizer says the the, the 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 animal is obviously now gotten into a pattern of this kind of behavior. So you know how you want to you, you know how you want to stop it. You check the animal. It's, it's really that simple. There is no amount of shmir that you could do that's going to exempt you from any liability. Okay. No, yeah, right. In other words, according to, right, perfect. According to Rabbi Meir and according to Rabbi Yehuda, by time you definitely require Shemir maula. And according to Rabbi Eliezer, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, sound, it sounds reasonable, but I just simply don't know. My time at the Rabbi Meir, Kisav Vestam, Shorim, La Okay, so the Gemara is going to do what it typically does, and that is, is that it's going to explain each of the positions in view of the Pesukim of the Torah. So the Gemara says, "I'm going to start off with Rabbi Meir." In other words, Tam Shvarim La Kami." Okay. The um, there's no need to normally uh, to do any type of shemer on your animal. Again, we're talking about behemoth, we're not talking about chaya. These are generally tame animals. and the Torah says is that when your time damages, so you have to pay. So shmir Pchusa, which means that uh, by by virtue of the fact that you have to pay now. Is a clear indication that you are at fault. Well, if you're at fault, so what does that mean? It means you have to do some form of shmirah. Okay, so basically, where where where's our starting point according to Mayor? No shmirah is required. Now, when the Torah says you have to pay, so that means that's telling me that I need to do some shmirah. Uh, so that gets us to shmir pchusa baseline shmirah. Now, how do I? Now, when we get to Amur, what does the Torah say? Lo Yishmarena. Now, you didn't do Shmira. Now, already we're at the point where you required baseline Shmira. So now when the Torah admonishes Lo Yishmarena, he didn't do Shmira. So that tells me I have to do even one step above. Exceptional Shmira. So now, Yalaf Negicha, Latama Negicha L'mur. And now, one more step to go, and that is, is that we have a, let's call it right? I think I think that's the the, the correct terminology over here. Uh, we have Shava that tells us that now by muad I know that it has to be shmir and meula. I'm going to go back to Tom, and now I'm going to insert Shava to get me to shmir and meula. Okay, so if, if you followed, hopefully I was clear about the steps that got us to Reb Mayer. In other words, the default setting is zero. Uh, the fact that there's liability by Tom brings us up to uh, up to shmir pchusa. Then by Muah the Torah says Lo Yishmera No and and Mashman for you not having done even more Shmira, which is now Shmiru Meula Gzeir now takes the Shmira Meula and and and, and brings it back to Tom. Okay, uh, admittedly steps, but that's how you get to Shittas Rab Meir. Now Rabbi Yehuda suffers Tam Sharan Bechaz Ishimer Kamei. Now, as far as Rabbi Yehuda is concerned, uh, the, uh, the what, what you're going to do is, is, is the following start off by, there is in fact a requirement to do Shmira by animals. So now, the Torah says that by time you have to pay. Why? Because already the starting point for Rabbi Yehudah is is that already you did some Shmira. Now the Torah says, yeah, but you know what, you're going to be held liable. Well, why? In other words, why is there going to be a liability? Uh, Because you didn't do exceptional Shmira. This is by time. Good. So, so now and when it comes to was what does the Torah do? It admonishes you. You know what you didn't do after your animal has injured and damaged three three times historically. You didn't do the you didn't do exceptional shmirah. Uh, but you know what? We're already by exceptional shmirah. In other words, Shmira maula is already by Tom. So, what is the Torah saying now by Mu'ad? You didn't do exceptional shmirah. So that is what's called Reboy Acha Reboy. And then Reboy Acha Reboy Elamite. So this is just a principle throughout Shas. And that is, is that when I have a Reboy followed by a Reboy, so the, so what happens is, is that it becomes a Miat. Okay. Again, that's, it's kind of hard to explain, but, it, but we're just so used to it because we say it all the time throughout Shas. So, uh, a Reboy followed after another Reboy tells us that we're going to go down, not up. So that means to say now that we're already by time holding by Shmira Ma'ula. So now what happens by Mu'ad? Shmir P'chutah. So, Mi'ad HaKatal Shmir muula Okay, good. So that's the shita of Rabbi Huda. So in other words, but again, again it, it, the, the, the fundamental dispute between Rabbi Meir versus Rabbi Huda is where's the starting point? Is the starting point that no Shmir is required? That's Rabbi Meir. Or is the starting point according to Rabbi Huda that some Shmir is required? Ah, you did the basic shmirah, So why are you liable by Tom? Because you need Shmir ma'ula. Ah, And now what, what about what happens when we get to Mu'ad? So then actually there's a drop-off in Shmira. Well, why? So the principle of Again, that's not a rational explanation. That's just simply a methodological approach of the Gemara that we use all the time. But it doesn't explain why. Which again, left to my own devices, it's hard. It's really hard. You already heard me say this, but I'll say it again. It's challenging to explain according to Rev. Yehuda why it is now once the animal is a muad, how much Shmira now is required by the owner? Eh, base, basic, basic Shmira. Okay, it's very hard to explain. In other words, starting from where there was Shmir and by Tam, basic Shmir is sufficient. Okay, the Veloish Mirnov, I'm sorry, Vichitema, Nigichla Tam, Nigichla Muad, so Hamit Rachman of Veloish Mirenu, Lesevela Lacher. So the Gemara says, Oh, what about the Gzereshavah? So the Gemara says, Meaning according to Rev Yehuda. So I understand now how we got to, uh, how, how we got to, uh, a muad only requiring basic shmirah, But why don't we employ the Zereshevah that was used by Rebbe Meir to level them off. So the Gemara says he doesn't do that because lo yishmeren knew. In other words, what does that mean? That means that it's specific to this, not to the other. So, so the Gemara says, doesn't the Torah need this Pasuk to tell me that there's a lav? Meaning you own an animal. The animal's a muad. You are now bound by the Torah via lav that you must guard that animal. In order to make sure that no one gets damaged with that an animal, so imke my leze So the gemara says both points are are, are are drawn out of the pasuk. Point number one: there's a lav. Once you have an animal that's a muad, you are now bound by the Torah. With a lav, you must guard the animal. You didn't guard the animal, you violated the lav. And on top of that, how much shmir is required? Again, according to Rav Yehuda only basic shmira nachmira ula i why don't we use exzer shava to extend that also to a to to a tam because lo yishmaren nu we have that lezeh. okay tanya we are on memhe amud bays we're towards the bottom of the amud the gamar quotes the brace ben Yaakov achatam beachat muad she shmro shmir pkhus patar and now we are going to be introduced to a fourth opinion Okay, so so far we had how many opinions of the amount of Shmir that's required in our Mishnah, three opinions, in the order presented in the Mishnah of Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Eliezer. And now in the price of Rabbi Lazaban Yaakov, a fourth Sheetah, which is, is that basic Shmirah is enough to cover both. How did he arrive at that? So my time of Yehuda Rabbiuda, Levi Yalef, Latam, So and the way he arrived at that is the following every step of Rabbi Yehuda, with one more additional step, and that is gzera shava. Okay, I, forgive me. I'm not going to go through every step again right now, but every step of Rabbi Yehuda, and then gzera shava leveling them off. So that means now that once you do that with the shava, so now all you need is basic Shmira, both for a time and both for, and for a as well. Okay, am Rabbi Yehuda. So what does that mean? It means now that according to Rabbi Shitas Rabbi Yehuda, here's here's the din. Here's how it would look like by Rabbi Yehuda. You have a time animal. Okay. What's going to exempt you from any liability only when you did exceptional shmirah. okay? It can't be that you just simply built a pen around the animals and that's enough. The pen has got to be, got to be strong, got to be withstanding wind. Not only that, hurricane winds, okay? You really need to do shmirah in order to exempt from any liability. Good. That's, a, that's by the animal was a tongue. And then the animal damaged and it did so three times and now it's a muad. So now, according to Rabbi Yehuda, and again, I know this is strange. I'm, I, I'm aware. Now, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the animals, the moan, eh, just, just put a fence around it, and you're good. Right? Basic Shmir is all you need at that point in time. Good. That's shita's Rabbi Yehuda. Now, within the shita, Rabbi Yehuda, so Rav Adel Brava makes the following, Lapata Rabbi Yehuda, Avad Sad Okay. I admit this is a little bit complicated, but... Once you see it, it really makes sense in that when the animal graduates from being a Tom to a muad, not, not the kind of graduation you want, but when it graduates from being a Tom to a muad, so we said, we said that we made this point already numerous times. Let's say it again. So what does that mean? Does that mean now that the animal is a totally new entity? In other words, it's muad as a, as a reset of the animal, or maybe no. Maybe what, what did Tom demand that you pay for half damages? What is it? What is it now that it's a muad? Now the Torah adds on the second half, but tamus bimkoma omedas. The first half remains what it was originally. Ah. so now Rav Ada says within the sheet of Rav Yehuda, I'm going to go with the latter uh, with the latter position, and that means that when the animal now damages as a muad, so and what did you do? You did basic shmirah. That will relieve you from liability, but only on the second half. The first half, however, you're still going to be liable. Why? Because that first half remains a tam. And what's the level of shmirah that you need by a tam? Shmirah ma'ula, exceptional shmirah. So even within the sheeta of Rabbi Yehuda, that once it's a muad, so now you only need basic shmirah. That's only on the second half, not the first half. That's a that's called a chiddush. Amar. I'm, I'm a Rav more like Yamin, and a more like Aaron Small. Okay, so uh, Rav makes the following declaration: that is, it's more like Yamin. Okay, the animal's got two horns, one on the right, one on the left, and what does it do? Like the like most of us, it favors its right. in, in fact, in fact, Rashi, Rashi writes that right over here. It's a righty. The animal's a righty. Okay, um, like 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 I think ninety percent of the population. Okay, so uh, so anyway, so it favors it right. And what, what happens now? That With that right horn, it's been goring a lot. Left horn, leaves it alone, doesn't do any goring with the left horn. So Rav makes the following declaration, and that is, is that within a single animal, I can now have a Tom and a muad. A muad on the right horn, and a Tom on the left horn. Now, now, as Rashi points out over here, meaning uh, the Gemara is making the statement, Rav is making the statement, not as a result to Chatzin and Nezik versus Nezik shalem because that's not a chiddush, meaning... We, we all know that. What Rav is saying is, is that now for your Shmira requirement, so what are we going to say? On the right horn, the Shmira requirement is going to be Muad status. And on the left horn, it's going to be it's going to be Tam status. Okay. Now, again, whose sheet are we going within? Amre Alibadaman. That's the Gemara's question. So, he Alibad, the Red Bimear, Amre Chetambech, and Muad Shmira Mula Bai to there's no difference in terms of shmirah. And My Karen And now you want to tell me that he's saying this chiddush within the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda? Eh, it's not a Kiddush. Why? Go back to Rav Ada Barava. Rav Ada already taught us that according to Rabbi Yehuda, there's a split in the animal. In other words, yes, it's true that once the animal is a muad. So you don't require exceptional shmira, you only require basic shmira, but that's only on the second half. On the first half, you still need exceptional shmira. So the idea that the animal gets split into two, so thank you, but no thank you, meaning Rav Adabhava already taught us that. So Amri Lolam Kirabi Huda, Velo Sirle, Kirava Adabhava, kamar ki Gavna, who de mishka bait t Aval amua legami lomishka bait sata so the Gemara says is that, well, well, you don't have to, well, you, I'm not talking about you and I. I'm talking about Rav. You don't have to agree with Rav Ravadar Bhava. Meaning, Ravada Bhava is saying a khidish. And Rav would tell you, I don't accept that khidish. Meaning, when the animal becomes a muad, the entire animal is a muad. The animal, when graduating from Tam to Muad, it's not that the, it's the second half. Panim Chadosh is It's a totally new entity. The animal is a muad in its entirety. So, in other words, that Rav says I fundamentally disagree with the Ravada brava. So, you, are you ever going to have a split in the animal itself? Sure. In other words, the animal goes with its right horn, but not with the left, with its left horn. So, in other words, on the right horn it's a moad, on the left horn it's a tam. By the right horn you require basic shmirah. On the left horn you require shmirah maula. Okay, good. good. and I'm a rabbi. So what's behind the Sheet of Rabbi Lazer? Remember the third sheeta in the Mishnah. Rabbi Lezir says that when the animal is a is a muad, so how much shmirah is required? There's no amount of shmirah that could waive your liability. No, none. The the, the 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 animal's crazy. So the Gemara says. Uh, so how did Rabbi Lezir arrive at that conclusion? <laughs> So again, everything comes back to the phrase of the Pasuk of lo yishmirenu. Lo yishmirenu, Rabbi Lazar teaches it up to mean that there literally is no shmirah that can be done. Period. Meaning no shmirah would ever waive your liability. So, so the Gemara says, no, you can't, you can't teach it up that way. Let's try that in a, di- in a different one of the uh, neziks of the Torah. So let's go to Boar. the Pesukim by Bor. The Torah says, By bor, lo And it wasn't covered. Now, what in the world does that mean? You want to explain that to mean and you can't cover it? Of course, if you have a pit and you have a cover, so you cover it. Well, you can't possibly understand the Pasuk to mean, oh, once once there's a pit, now you can't cover it. Of course you can cover it. So, And don't tell me that that's right because it's not right. We know the halacha is, is that you have a pit and you put a manhole on top of it and it's secured so that no one should fall in. And then after you put a manhole in, somebody says, says an animal falls into the pit, you're putter, you're, you're exempt. Why? Because you covered it. You did what you were supposed to do. Okay. So, the, uh, so clearly that's not the way to explain it regarding, uh, regarding bore. So over here, it's not the right way to explain it regarding shore. So uh, we struck out. Uh, well, we didn't strike out. But in other words, but certainly we have one strike against us. Meaning what's the shot behind Rabbi Eliezer? Why Rabbi Lazar by a mu'ad says, How much shmir do you need? It's an indefinite amount. Meaning you can't satisfy the shmir requirement by a by a mu'ad. How do you know that? Uh, we heard this before. I think it's the second time in the Masech that we're hearing this. Could be more than two times. But anyway, uh, you have a wild dog. You have a rickety ladder. In other words, anything which is going to be damaging others. So what do you do with it? Uh, ladder, by the way, I, I say ladder. It's o- it's almost like basically like steps going up right to your second floor. And and they're and they're not stable and they're not secure. And anyone who wants access to the second floor is going to be going up the steps or, is now really going to you know, the chances are they're going to get injured. You have a wild dog, someone comes onto your property, chances are uh, the, uh, the dog is going to attack or even if the person doesn't go on your property. Anyway, how do I know that you're not allowed to have anything dangerous in your property? So it's based on uh, the Pusuk regarding Make. Uh The Torah says that when you build a house and now you have, your, uh, you have your, uh, your, your roof, back in the days the roofs were flat, people walked on the roofs, it was normal, and now what you have to do is you have to put a fence around your roof so that people don't fall off your roof. And what the, Gemara, what the Gemara deduces from that is that that's just an example. But in other words, but anything dangerous in your house, don't have it in your house. Don't have a wild dog. Don't have a rickety staircase. So, the, right, that's the pasuk of losasim Dumin vesecha. There shouldn't be any blood on your property. Don't put anything hazardous on your property that, that people can get injured by. Good. So now you have a wild animal, and the animal is attacked already three times. Do so you know why you have to shech the animal? It's that simple. Okay. So, no, in other words, no. The, no, the, that just... Talk, meaning, more over here just simply means the the animal damaged. You, you only bring the animal to basin if it killed. Okay. That is the end of the fourth parak of the Masech. Okay. And we're about to start number five. Okay. We still have another three more Prakim, five, six, and seven, in which we're going to be talking about uh, property damage. Uh, The, uh, right, the Baba Kama Ten Prakim, only when we get to number eight, Perik shmini, did we talk about Nizke Adam, where damage is done from one person to another person, bodily damage. But still, we are in the throes of the Gemara discussing what happens when uh, you damage somebody's property, right? Property damage. And when I say you, by the way, I'm meaning either you damage somebody's property or your property damages somebody's property. And so here we, here we are now in the, fifth, in the fifth peric. And this mission over here, very basic mission that we're opening up with as we're going to be discussing what happens where damage occurs, but uncertainty, suffix. So what do we say where damage has occurred? We know damage has occurred. But we, the, to the extent that you are liable, we're uncertain to the amount. And what do we say where? There is a case of uncertainty when it comes to money. Now, at this point in time where we are 45, now 46 blot into the Masakta, we all know the answer. Okay, This is not going to be surprising to us. We have what's called Hamotzi la Lavaraya. You want to extract money from me, so what you need is evidence and proof that I owe you the money. So over here, if we have a suffix by whether or not I owe you the money, we all know where the Gemara is going. So, spoiler alert, that's where we're going. Happens to be that when we read the Mishnah together, we're not going to get that sense at all. The Mishnah is going to be talking about some sort of compromise made between the two parties. You know what we'll do? We'll split the money. Oh, we're uncertain. We'll split the money. So what the Mishnah is going to sound like is going to be confusing to all of us. But if I may, in other words, I'm going to just help navigate over here after the Mishnah, what the Gemara is going to tell us is eh, that's not the halacha. Meaning, what we learned in the Mishnah is not the halacha. It's a little bit strange that the Mishnah, which is an anonymous Mishnah, is providing a scenario which is not the halacha. I admit that's strange. But anyway, all this we're going to see together inside. So, let's say the following occurred. So standard case of Nezek. So I have an ox, you have a cow, female. And the cow was pregnant. And now what happened was, is that witnesses saw from a distance that my ox went right into your cow. Okay, We have the footage, we have the witnesses. So we know that there was a negisha. Uh, But now what happened was, is that lying next to the cow is miscarriage. In other words, uh, the, 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 the cow was pregnant and the cow miscarried. And that did that come as a result of the negicha? Or did she give birth before the negicha? The witnesses don't know. In other words, they weren't close enough to see exactly that particular detail. So now, the question becomes the following. In other words, I certainly know, I, the owner of the shore, know that I carry some liability. That part's clear. However, what is unclear is how much liability. Because I'm certainly going to take the responsibility, the witnesses say it, and I'm ready to do the right thing. I'm certainly ready to take on the responsibility that I have to pay for the damage that was done to your cow. But I also have to pay for that miscarriage as well. I'm ready to argue the following. Maybe the, the, maybe, maybe the baby came out first and maybe it was just a natural miscarriage having nothing to do with the attack. And then the, and then the attack occurred. But in other words, but I'm not liable for the miscarriage. I I'm not financially liable for that. Now, obviously, from the perspective of the owner of the cow, he's going to argue, no. Nah. In other words, the miscarriage came as a result of the attack. And not only do you owe me for the up, but you, owe, you also owe me for the, for, for the fetus as well, for the miscarried fetus. Okay. So we are now basically, we come to a point of agreement. But then after that, there's disagreement in terms of what happened. Now, do, do either one of us know what happened? No. Do the witnesses can they can they tell you exactly what happened? No. The witnesses, the only thing they were able to provide was the ox attacked the cow. Well, did, did you see the miscarriage? No, we didn't see that. We 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 just were we were too far away. So what now happens? So the Mishnah tells us, I'll tell you what happens. So, Mishal Chatinezik Ezek so as far as the par is concerned, Right? We're assuming, of course, that's a Tom, and so for the Tom you pay Ezek. So good. So for that you're paying Ezek Now Moving along, Ravine Ezech Levlad. Now, what about the fetus? Well, I don't know. So, what we'll do is that we'll take the damages. Now, the damages start at a half, and what we'll do is we'll split the difference. You take half, I take half, half of a half. So, in other words, so I'll pay you for quarter damages on the uh, on the vlad. Vechain Parsha Nachas Ashur Nimtavlad now, the mission is going to illustrate the same exact scenario, but reverse. In other words, now we're having the cow going and attacking the ox. Okay. Maybe may a little bit strange, but I certainly don't know enough regarding animal behavior to, to know otherwise. It's good. So the, the pregnant cow went ahead and, and attacked the ox. And uh, there's a nigija. And there's a Vlad sitting by the side of the para. Now, keep in mind over here, the, the para is not the victim, the para is the attacker. And, and, and the witnesses were able to only tell us that the para attacked the shore. Well, did the birth occur before or after? We don't know. So over here, so that detail is unknown. So, so over here now, what becomes the doubt? It's the following. We know that, again, we're assuming the para is a tom, and we know how, how does payment occur? Payment occurs from the animal. Remember that Nezek of tam is katzi Nezek mi Gufo. so in other words, the source of revenue for payment is the animal itself. well, if the fetus was inside of the animal at the time of the attack, now the fetus is part and parcel of the uh, of the animal meaning that wh- where's where where can I draw money from if the fetus was inside, I could draw from the animal and the fetus ah. But if the fetus already was born before the attack, so that means to say now that the fetus no longer is a source of collection for the nezek, and therefore I can't I can't collect from the fetus. I can only collect from the uh, from the mother. Yeah. But we don't know when the birth took place. So what do we do regarding the fetus? Chazi, we're going to take it and we're going to divide it into two. So I'm so from the from the para we're, we're going to be mshalim chazi nezek However, Ravine Ezeq Ben Avlad, There's a doubt, no? That's exactly the so point. Why is the Okay, good. So, uh, what's it called? I introduced the Mishnah. I, I prepped everybody. Okay, so um, you just, you, 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 no, you're good. You're good. In other words, I'm going to ask it away. You'll, you'll see. Good, good. What would he have to pay for the vlad at all? I mean, he's a scholar that what In other words, you're not paying for the vlad. You're paying from the vlad. In case number two of the Mishnah, what the. You're paying from the vlad, right? If the vlad were inside, so then the vlad would be part of the p- part of the attacking animal, and therefore you c- you could pay from the vlad. If the if, if it was born before the attack, so then it's not a chelik of the uh, 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 of the mother, and therefore you can't collect from the vlad. A, we the half, the correct. Correct. In other words, if. If, if half of the power would have satisfied the nezek requirement, then great. But let's say there was more Nezik to pay. So in other words, is there any more resources that we could collect from? Well, there is a vlad, but we don't know if the vlad was in or outside of the mother at the time. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Okay. I'm I'm sorry. basafik klagado So everything you just heard in the Mishnah, so what we're going to do is take everything you learned in the Mishnah and compartmentalize it, and that is, that's the Sheet of simchus. But in other words, but that's not the halacha. the Halakha is, Okay, so as I pointed out when we started the Mishnah, it is strange, I have to admit, it is strange, uh, that we have an anonymous Mishnah, the Mishnah over here lays out a very basic case study of mamun hamuta and the mission it tells us like simchas, that what we're going to do, is that we're going to take this disputed money, and we're going to split it between the two parties. Okay, It is strange, but nevertheless, as strange as it is, that simchas' position, that's not the halacha. The Allah is, we have money in dispute, so what you're going to do now, is that you're going to only, only going to be able to collect, if in fact, we have raya, we have, a, we have positive proof, that you in fact owe me the money. You need evidence. Not just a claim, but evidence that, in fact, the money belongs to me. Witnesses. Right? Good. Um, um, okay, just uh, I'll make one, one very basic point, and then we'll go on. And that is is that uh, this position of Sumchus, so it's not as expansive as it sounds. In other words, what's the position of Sumchus? Any money that's in dispute. So what we're going to do is we're going to split. Um, what does that mean? It means now, I'm, I'm giving an absurd example. It means now that, let's say, I like the car that you're driving. In other words, I go to court and I make a claim. Hey, you know what? I'm part owner of that, of that car. Oh, really? <laughs> really? You have any evidence? No, no, I don't have evidence, but I'm making a claim. <coughs> so now, according to Simchas, now, is the car now in dispute? And now, are we going to take the car and we're going to divide it between the two? Meaning that, right, in other words, uh, to what degree is Simchas going to say that money's in dispute so, we're going to go ahead and, d- and divide it. So, the, we're going to see this together in the beginning of Bab but let's say it now. It's, it's appropriate. And that is, is that according to Simchus, uh, we're going to say it uh, only in a case where it's drara de mamona. And what does that mean? Right? You're going to hear that expression in the beginning of Bab So, to familiarize ourselves, it means the following When we say money in dispute is going to get divided according to Simchus, it has to be where the dispute is self evident. I don't need claims to see that we, we are unsure about the uh, about the uh, about the owner of that money. Let's take our example over here, right My ox attacked your cow right and it caused damage and there uh, alongside the cow lies now the miscarriage. The cow was pregnant. the cow now miscarried. Ooh was that a result of the attack or was that did that occur before the attack? I don't need the claims to know, that we have a conundrum. The conundrum is self-evident. That's what's called drara de mamona. Then and only then is Simcha going to tell me, ah, so now that is money in dispute. That's mamona muta basafik and chokin. But let's say that the mamona muta basafik, there's no mamona muta basafik. I'm manufacturing the suffik. I'm telling you that I own half the car. Oh, okay. Uh, Congratulations. Right, did, right... uh, who, who says? I say. That's not drara de mamona. Even Simchas would tell you that's not money that's going to get disputed. That, I'm sorry, that's not money that's going to get divided. Good. So just as a general cloud within Simchas, again, it's not the halacha, but still, it's Torah, and we're, and we're learning. Within the sheet of Simchas, the only time that you split money is only when the, uh, the, the, the mamona muta basafik, the suffik is clear and evident. And I don't need claims to know that there's a suffik. Okay, Good. Let's continue in the Gemara. Now, we before the Gemara told us this rule so the Gemara promoted it. Right? The, the Gemara gave it great PR, right? right, Kla Godobedin. This is a really big rule. Okay, it's a really big rule. I mean it is. But why would the Bryce have to promote promote it as such? So it's the recha the Dafilanizigamar Bari, Mazagamar Shamar, Mot Mechaver Alavaraya. The, uh, it means the following. Let's say the claims go like this. Uh, again, the case is the same case. Ox scores a cow. Uh, the uh, There's a miscarried fetus alongside the cow. Did that occur as a result of the attack or not? We don't know. And now, what's the rule? The rule is not, not, not like the Mishnah says that Mamun Amut basafik Hulkin. No, the rule is that's the halacha. Ah. And even if, let's say, the owner of the paras says, I'm telling you, I know for certain what happened. Now, I I don't have corroboration. The witnesses are not supporting me because they didn't see it. But I'm telling you, I have absolute certainty. I know. Tainas Bari. And the Mazik says, the owner of the ox says, "Eh, maybe. I don't know. Meaning, it could happen the way you're saying it, but it could also happen the other way as well. What we're saying is is that even though the Nizak is right, in this case, he's the plaintiff even though he's saying it with tainus Bari, and the defendant is saying, maybe, I don't know, even still, the only way the plaintiff is able to extract money from the defendant is only when he has evidence. And just because he is, quote-unquote, certain about his position, doesn't matter. The only way to take money away from somebody, now, now why is that? Uh, 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 we all know why. We've said it already numerous times. And that is because you are a mukzak. In other words, right now, you are the holder of that money. So, in other words, someone wants to come and take that money away from you. In other words, he's taking away your cheskas mamon. And you can't, a person can't do that unless he has proof. Okay. Uh, so that is one, uh, one way in which we're, we're highlighting hamotz mechavayelavaraya, even though the plaintiff is making a claim, which from his perspective is a tinus bari. The Gemara says, I'll, t- "I'll give you another example, in which this rule is such a strong rule, such an ironclad rule, and that is the al Let's say you have the sale of an animal, and after having purchased the animal, what, what, what's going on? Uh, right, I purchased this animal. I thought it would be like a good, helpful animal. Right, uh, right, uh, do, plowing and and working and so forth and so on, and the animal's going on a absolute terror. An animal is terrorizing, attacking, damaging. And what, what, what happened was, is that I bought an animal that was a crazy animal. And the seller didn't disclose that information. Hmm. So, right, a, a small detail that was, uh, that, that was left out. Now, Rav Amar, the mecha So, Rav is of the position that, okay, now what I get to do is I can go, I can go back to the seller and void the sale. In other words, I can't believe what you sold me. It's not what I wanted. That's position of Rav. However, Shmuelama Yachol, You know what the seller can say to the buyer? You can say to him, Lushita Machartilak. Well yeah, you know when I sold it to you, I sold it to you for shita. Meaning the animal is crazy. I knew the animal was crazy. And I knew you were buying a crazy animal. Ah, so so if that's true, so why am we not avoiding the sale? We're not avoiding the sale because here's what I thought. I thought you wanted dinner. In other words, I thought you wanted my animal because look, the animal's crazy, but it's meat is delicious. you shakh the animal, you have dinner. that's what I thought. Now uh, over here, so uh, who's right now currently the moksack on the money? The mocher is the Moksack on the money. and now the the buyer is a plaintiff making a claim. right like, give me back my money. Well right now you're not holding the money, right you uh-huh. you, you, you purchased an animal. So right now I'm holding the money, I'm the Mosack. and now you want to extract the money from me? ha <laughs> me ala Varaya. And that's why it opens up with the words Zekhl Gadol. Right? This is a very big din. Okay. The um right? Good. So um now on this point the Gemara says, and and by the way, this is only true according to Shmuel, meaning, right, which by the way is the Halacha. The uh, but the Gemara wants a little more context, am I? So Venez, e Gavar Dezavan La Raja, e so the Gemara says, well, I, I, I don't understand. Over here, we have a dispute between buyer and seller, where the buyer bought an animal, the animal was crazy. And, and, and the seller said, oh, I thought you wanted to shech I, I the animal. So the Gemara says, well, um, the, um, can, first of all, can't we look at the context of the buyer and the seller? In other words, and can we make the determination based on context? Let's say, for example, the guy's a city guy, and he's buying an animal. He doesn't have a field, right? He's got no, there's, there's no plowing to be done in his apartment. <laughs> so in other words, can't that tell us, can't that inform us that he was buying the animal for shkita? Alternatively, if the person's a farmer and he's buying an animal, can't that tell us that he's buying the animal for plowing? So the Gemara says, it, 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 it isn't, isn't context going to be clarifying what the nature of the sale was? He was a city man, why would he complain? Right. Now, well, that's the Gemara's point. So, so the Gemara says, no. Uh, the um, the um, So uh, we're talking about where a person is buying it uh, both for, in other words, he's a farmer and he's a butcher. And so it could have gone in either direction. Okay. Uh, so the say raja, I so, I'm sorry. So the Gemara says, okay, but what about the purchase price? In other words, I'm purchasing an animal for shechita versus I'm purchasing an animal for plowing. Okay, if I'm purchasing an animal for plowing, so that will command a much higher price. In other words, because now I'm buying the animal as a utility, that will generate a much greater sale price than if I'm buying the animal for shechita. Shechita is one time usage. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, yeah, but, okay, in other words, you're right. In other words, in general, that's a good way to navigate and, and determine what kind of sale it was. It happens to be that, have you gone lately to our local market and seen, I, I know, by the way, you can, you, you, I, 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 I know, I know, I know. the uh, It's okay, let me, I'll, I'll, throw it, I'll throw it out there, but in other words, but no, no need to pile on. So have you gone to the local market and seen the price of meat lately? So in other words, so the, the price is not going to be determinant of, of, of what I bought it for because it's the same now in terms of buying it for shechting versus buying it for, uh, for plowing. Okay, so where are we right now? So the Moshe Mechaver LaVaraya, right? Opening up the fifth parak of Babakama, and that's the big rule. In fact, it's, it's, it's touted as the big rule. So what does that mean? It's the big rule. So with two practical applications in terms of it being a big rule. So whatever. Let's say it's a muad, right? Just to make it easier. All right? Let's say let's say it was a muad and it was not disclosed. And so what the seller now is saying is, okay, good. I, I know I know the animal tax. I know it's done so historically. I thought you wanted to shecht it. That's all. Okay. So we have this this idea of of Moshe Ben being a Kal Gadol with two applications. Number one is that let's say the plaintiff is making a claim and he's making it with certainty. Tainus Bari. And and the defendant is just defending by saying, I don't know, maybe, maybe. But as long as the defendant is holding the money, Tainus Bari is not going to extract money. That's number one. And number two is uh, what in the case of a sale in which the the buyer bought an animal and and there was not disclosure and the animal was crazy. And now what the... Uh, what the seller is arguing is that, look, I sold you the animal. I knew the animal was crazy. I thought you wanted to check the animal. So again, there are some variables to take into consideration, right? Whether he's a farmer versus whether he's a city guy, uh, the price of the animal, there are variables to take into consideration. But short of those variables, in other words, right now, the seller is holding the money. The, the, The buyer is trying to take the money away from the seller. Okay. Amre. We turn now to the Ahmed base. So uh, so the Gemara over here is just bothered by like a technical question, which is, look, in other words, uh, according to the sheet of Rav, in other words, we, who'd, in, in the case of non-disclosure, we'll say that the sale could be voided. Okay, the sale could be voided according to Rav, but what if now we're voiding the sale, I go back to the seller and say, give me back my money. And the seller says, oh, you caught me a little bit too late. In other words, I already went to the casino, I already blew all the money. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) what can I tell you? Okay, the uh, good salesman, but I'm just not good with money. I don't have money right now. So now what is the the buyer going to do? Is only recourse. And that is keep the animal. In other words, the animal now is going to be securing the obligation. And right now the seller's got no money left. And so now what the buyer's going to do is he's going to keep the animal. Okay, so now it's kind of funny because in such a scenario... They're literally, it would, the halacha would be the same for both Rav and for Shmuel. For Shmuel, we're not going to avoid the sale, which means that the seller, which means that the buyer keeps the animal. And even even according to Rav, the sale gets voided. But in the event where the uh, where the seller has no money to give back, so the buyer is just going to keep the animal. So the commercial says, So the commercial says, "Okay, that, that, that's a fair point." But obviously, we're discussing a case where the seller's got money. So Rava Rubadin So as far as Rav is concerned, uh, the, the 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 sale is going to be voided. Why? Most people are buying animals for plowing, right? The animals serve much better as a utility than it does as one as, as a one time meal. So that's what that's the behavior of most people, and that's a rove. So I understand you're holding my money, but I have a rove. So the Gemara says, And what Shmuel's gonna counter is the following. Yeah, I know, I know. Most people do buy animals for plowing and not for and not for shkhita. I know that. But over here, and and, and so I'm gonna even acknowledge, I'll concede that you have a rove. But you know where we say rove? When it comes to Issa, we're gonna say rove. Right? Uh, but uh, when it comes to mamon... Basaruba Okay. Another big rule in today's Daf, and that is, is that Rove is not going to be a determinant when it comes to monetary matters. Okay? Uh, it, it definitely begs the question why, but the answer actually is pretty straightforward. And that is, is because the rove is competing. What is the rove competing with? The Cheskas Mamon. In other words, I'm right now holding the money. So your argument to extract the money from me right now is not that is not absolute proof, but it's an argument. even if the argument is bolstered by rove, but still, when all said and done, I'm holding the money. you're checking the money from me. Hamtimeraya. Tanya Namihachi, and let's just do a little bit more for today. Hey, a which is So over here, it's everything we said in the Mishnah. But why then? Why, why then learn the Brisa? Because the Brisa frames it as the opinion of Simchus. However, but according to the Chachamim, no, because this is now going to violate the rule of you're trying to take money away from me. So, Good. So, the way we set up our mishnah sumchos. Now it's just <coughs> been corroborated by the Brysa. So. Okay, good. Adkan, we're going to stop over here. Tomorrow we pick it up. I'm Rav Shmuel Okay, me nayan. How do I know amotz mechaver Even though I told you it's based on Khazaka, but tomorrow we're going to cite a pasuk. We're going to we're, we're going to source it. Okay, Adkan, we finished today the fourth parak of the masechta, going over the the question, the basic question of shmira. And, and, and how much Shmira is required for a Tam, for a Muad, it is a, get ready, swore away machlokas, between, right, uh, the, let's see if I can do this, Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Yehuda, Rebbe Eliezer, and then the Gemara introduced a fourth opinion of the Rebbe ben Yaakov. Okay, here's Then in the conclusion of the fourth paragraph, we talked about an animal being a cross between a Tam and a Muad, regarding Shmira, does that work out according to the position of Tam bimkoma? Omedes, perhaps, okay, and that ended the fourth parak, and then with the fifth parak, so we opened up with a case of suffik. What do I do according to Simchas Cholkin? The money is to be divided, and according to the Shita of uh, of the Chachamin, which is of course the accepted opinion, amotim mechaver al